This series contains adult language and descriptions of graphic violence. Listener discretion is advised. Okay. Um, hi. How's it going? It's it's going okay. Right on. How are you? I'm doing great. Great. Um, this is part two. We're at part two. Do you know what I called this episode? What did you call it? It was something I came up with, didn't I? No. Oh. Wow, you just want to take credit for everything, don't you? When credit's due. Well, it's not due here. I said something good, though. You must have not have used it. Though. I didn't use it. Blood, butts, and betrayal. The Napa Valley Halloween murders. Oh, the butts, because the cigarette butts. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good, right? So this is part two of Blood, Butts, and Betrayal, the Napa Valley Halloween murders. I um, I was afraid people would think it was butts, like like butts, like you're behind. Yeah. But I didn't care because, you know, I like an alliteration. I like like all the same letters Oh, maybe they'll stuff. catch on like I did. Yeah, that's true. I mean, if you caught on, I'm sure anybody could. We had no shit. <laughs> Uh, Anyways, welcome to part two and welcome back to Death by Southwest, the podcast where each week I share a different grisly murder story unique to the American Southwest while my sister and co-host, who is Mark tonight, tries to piece together the clues and unravel the mystery behind each of these heinous crimes. I'm your host, Margo. And I'm your guest host, Mark. (laughs) You really like the guest host thing better than filling in, huh? Yeah, I'm just filling in. <laughs> and I sound more like awesome, like I'm like a Jimmy Kimmel. Oh, it's a guest on Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs> guest yeah. host. Yeah, that's true. We are going to, so we've, we, truthfully, we recorded this in multiple parts because it is such a long and involved story, but we did save the Halloween trivia for uh, an intro on this part two, so that last time it wasn't all just intro. And so we are going to play that for you in a moment. And then after that Halloween trivia, I will take us back to kind of where we left off last week so that everybody can catch on. Sounds good. All right, guys. Enjoy the trivia. Okay. Let's move into some Halloween fun facts that I'm going to try and do as trivia. What country did the tradition of carving pumpkins into jack-o'-lanterns originate in? In the past, they, they carved turnips and potatoes, but then switched to pumpkins in the United States. And it's a, so what country? Yugoslavia. Random guess. No. Transylvania? No, but that's, is that a real place? Yes. Okay. Um, Ireland. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. I should know. I'm Irish. Well, I'm yeah. Irish. Irish. I'm Irish. <laughs> You're Irish in your choice of beverages. That they're alcohol. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm a Irish and drink vodka. What are the traditional colors of Halloween? Black and orange. And what does the orange represent? Pumpkins. Mm, fall. Okay. What does the black represent? Night. Darkness and death. Yeah, night. Yeah, that works. Okay, the world record for the heaviest pumpkin ever recorded is over... How many pounds? I'm going to say 2,000 pounds. Not far off, actually. 
2,600. That's a big ass pumpkin. I know. Pounds? I just built a fucking house out of it. You I know mean, what I mean, how, how big? And now I want to know more. Now I want to like see a picture. I didn't look up a picture. They look all weird and shitty. 2,600 pounds? Is that, that's as big as this house, right? No, your house weighs probably a way, way more than that. Like, that's oh. a 2,000 pounds is like an elephant. No, maybe. Yeah. Like, a, I mean, like some elk and moose are like. God, we're going to get so many comments about how many things I don't Let's put it this way. The little Jeep that we drive probably mm-hmm. weighs about 2,500 pounds. Oh, wow. But also think but it's about compact. this. It's like, Yeah, but also think about this. Like the reason they're able to grow them like this because it's, it's a pumpkin's essentially like a gourd or whatever. So mm-hmm. it's just like water fed. So you just keep feeding it water. And I'm not 100% sure about that, but when they grow pumpkins like that, they got to keep from getting rot and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, because like pumpkins are just like a vine. So if you just kept it on the vine and kept giving it water, it could get enormous. Well, obviously, you're saying. obviously it can get 2,600 pounds. Yeah, that's crazy. I'm going to have to find Did, it. Have you ever seen pumpkin chucking? Yes, I have. Where actually, like have like air cannons. Mm-hmm. Like, that's you know, kind of fun. And shit. It's dope. Mm-hmm. What's the world record pumpkin chuck? I don't know. I don't Neither have do that I. information in front of me. You're making me what look kind, bad. What kind of Halloween person are you? Jesus. Okay, bats are often associated with Halloween. And contrary to popular belief, the majority of bats are not blood suckers. They primarily eat what? Fruit. And, and how did you know that? Yes, fruit. Insects. And insects. Can you see my computer screen right now? No, it's obviously <laughs> not facing me. <laughs> Well, it's like, yeah, like the biggest bats are like fruit bats. I mean, we would, we go to the pool and you see uh, bats. bats are getting insects outside. I know. you just They run a, off a of radar, you know? You have a very odd or compilation. Or sonar. Sonar radar? I guess it's like so, sonar radar. You radar. have a weird compilation of information in your head. Labyrinth of trash. Yeah. Who said that? Craig? Yes. Mm-hmm. This is interesting. I don't know how to make this a, um, I don't know how to make this one a trivia, but witches and broomsticks. You know, the image of witches flying on broomsticks. It's said to have originated from the idea that they used to apply hallucinogenic, hallucinogenic ointments to help them fly. These ointments were absorbed through the witch's skin in sensitive areas like armpits and mucous membranes. Which makes me think like if you're sitting on broomstick, your private parts. Whoa. Yeah. I, don't, I actually don't like that fact now that I just read it out loud. Weird. In ancient what does kind of the the superstition of black cats come from? It it kind of originated. Egyptian? Yes. God. You're no fun that you're getting all this right. Sorry. Um, Egyptians, cats, kind of makes sense. Black cats, Egyptians. Halloween is big business. In 2019, Americans spent over blank dollars on halloween related items including costumes decorations and candy americans spent blank amount of money on halloween in what year 2019 2019 i feel like i can way overdo it or underdo it like crazy i'm gonna say 50 million dollars you are way way under doing 250 million dollars still way underdoing it. one billion dollars Still way underdoing it. $3.6 billion. Nope. Okay, hit me with that. $8.8 billion. Dollars in Halloween shit? Halloween-related items in I guess it makes sense. I was looking at candy the other day at the store, and it was like, you know, it's like it's the big so package. It's so expensive. It was all $39, but on sale for 
$32. I'm all, that's just like some like small little share size Snickers and shit in a bag. Yeah, it's very expensive. That's crazy. $8.8 billion on one Halloween. I guess the whole country, though. Halloween's popular. Well, hundreds of millions of people spending a yeah, couple hundred true. bucks, you know? People that's giving true. out candy and shit. What day is um, Dia de los Muertos? Don't know. The Day of the Dead? Yeah, the Day of the Dead. I think it's November 1st. Yeah, November 1st and 2nd. What is the most, the candy that you like the least for Halloween? Ooh, um, black licorice. Gross. I fucking love black licorice. Ugh, disgusting. Like a good one. So good. It's like bitter. Yuck. You know what I love is a candy corn, but like two of them. Ooh, the candy corn pumpkins I like. But you know, for me, I can eat like one candy corn. I'm all, "Mm, so good. Oh, I can eat a whole box. Gross. And do you know that... Candy corn was created in the 1880s by George Renninger. It was originally called Chicken Feed and featured a rooster on the box. It does look like chicken feed. Yeah, it does. I love candy corn and I love anything. Honestly, I love all candy, but I'm mostly like a, like I like chocolate and peanut butter. I like Skittles. I don't like anything licorice-y and I don't really like, like Sour Patch Kids and shit is okay, but I'd rather have like a Reese's. We're of the same age. Ish. You're older. Ish. Um, speaking of candy, did you have like a grandmother with like ribbon candy? Ribbon candy? You've you never had that. I don't know what that refers to. It's a hard candy and it, when they lay it out, they like, oh, they lay it down like it. So it's like a little ribbon. They overfold it. But anyways, it's like my aunt, Eliz- great aunt Elizabeth in Wilcox, Arizona, she used to always have it. You're all, oh, there's a piece of candy in the bowl, but it's all attached to each other. You know what I mean? Um, it's probably the worst thing in the world for you. Like, it's like that? It's like, nine, yeah, exactly. It's like 99.99999% sugar. And then oh, I don't know how, even how they make. I know, but it's like. I don't know. I don't think I've ever had hard that. candy. No, my, gram, my grandma and grandpa on my mom's side used to have a bowl of peanut M&Ms out. And me and my sister would sneak out of our room. They were in California, so we'd, we'd visit them. We'd wait for In Rigos. Napa? No, in Laguna. We would sneak out of our room and like go out and get handfuls of peanut M&Ms. And then they also had um, butterscotches, Werther's. And, oh, yeah. Werther's mm, Originals. Love yeah. those motherfuckers. Yeah, those are so good. Um, what's, what's your favorite candy? Oh, you like pink Starburst. I fucking love pink Starburst. You yeah. know what? And you so know what? odd. A billion people do because they have all pinks. I know, but... You know what I mean? They I, finally did it. I know, but I... It's I, the best goddamn stars. That and lemon. They should just have lemon and pink. I mean, I like all of the flavors. Even the red. Sure. Yeah, the red's kind of like... You know what I absolutely love? <laughs> it's weird that you have such it's strong feelings. Now and laters, you know? Oh, uh, yeah, okay. It's the best candy in the world. You have to like work See, it to get... That, to me, that's like a healthy candy. You're talking now like, and later's. Well, you're talking about things that don't really have chocolate or caramel. I know, but it's like a taffy that's honestly terrible. If you think about a now layer, you you have to chew on it for a while, and then it gets soft. And it gets soft enough that it can bond itself to your molars. And if you try to move your mouth open too quick, it can pull your teeth out. You know, what I mean, it's like a no, dangerous. No, it cannot. Have you? How many now and later's have you eaten in your life? I don't know, but I could see it maybe pulling like a, a filling out. Oh yeah, your whole tooth. But no. it's a dangerous. It's a sketchy candy. Okay, you know what I mean? you're you're. Exaggerating, but I get your point. Yeah, I like a Kit Kat. I, I'm not like I, I like Kit Kat. I'll okay. eat a Reese's, but the you original know, Reese's piece. I'm not a fan. I like the Reese's peanut butter cup. Not a fan. I like a Reese's pieces. I don't know if we're gonna be able to continue dating. I didn't realize that. Well, like, I know that you like Reese's pieces because I brought them in the house and they just disappeared. Like <laughs> I thought, fucking ET moved in. I was like, oh. Why does ET like Reese's? 
Have you ever seen the fucking movie? Yes, but like years ago. Leaves a trail of Reese's Pieces. He's all, ah, oh. ah, you know? Oh, I kind it, of forgot about it that. It really made Reese's Pieces like blow up. You know? Oh, I believe that. I do know, you know, you know? Do you get it? You know? So anyways, like all, a bunch of sweet stuff. That's why I always say that I blame you for any weight that I've gained since I moved here because you just bring crazy food into the house and love having dessert. I think for the first year that I was that we were dating, we had like tiramisu cake every single night after dinner. And then we just go right to bed with a giant chunk of tiramisu cake just sitting in my belly. Yum. Yeah, it is yum. It's delicious. It's like it's a sugar coma. Frustrating when like I, you know, have to buy new pants. I don't so what, what happened? Huh? Huh? I I was trying to think of some other Halloween stuff, but I I that, that was a good question. What's your favorite candy? I don't know. I feel like we're off to a rough start, though. Maybe because it's Sunday night and I'm like, tired. Like about candy? No, just about Halloween. I was trying to think of some more things to say. And I don't have up that many decorations. I was going to take pictures and like post them because I talk, we talked about Halloween a bunch and how much I love it. But we, we really haven't done any... We haven't done any Halloween stuff. Going to that we party... We have to carve some pumpkins. Going to that party was the first real Halloween thing that we did. Uh, and that's, I think, probably just because we're going out of town soon. Three weeks. That's right. Three weeks. We're going to be in Belize for two weeks. Jenna would be not approving of me um, sharing that information. And she's she's actually right. Like, it's not a super smart idea to, to share public, publicly when you are, like, out of town. And, you know, it doesn't matter where we're going. Who doesn't matter if I could say where we're going. That doesn't matter. But letting people know that you're out of town for two weeks, not great. I'm just going to hope that none of our listeners are, like crazy yeah <laughs> i guess so <laughs> they're all hey love the podcast we'll have to believe for you i'm like let's have a beer on the beach man let's do it no i don't mean that i mean like breaking into your home because they know you're out of town well just because you say you're out of town doesn't know they know where you fucking live that is so easy to find out do you know how easy it is to find out where somebody lives literally you could just google why don't you explain that to everybody <laughs> and let them know you know <laughs> i'm all by the way my my hide a key is right here you know, the right, combination fine. is safe is this number. I still have to ask my dad to watch Henry. Oh I wish God. he listened to the podcast because this would be a great, like, easy way to just look out there. By the way, you have our other dog. You <laughs> hey, know? Dad, could you watch Henry? <laughs> and Jenna will be taking Indiana, Jenna and Michael. Uh, okay, well, that's, I guess that's it for our intro. Okay, so let me take you guys back to kind of where we were at the end of part one before we actually jump into this part two because it just picks up right where we left off. So if you recall, um, Officer Elia was working the overnight shift and it was a pretty quiet Halloween night until she received a call that she would never forget. Um it said the initial report was about a 911 call that got disconnected, but the issue was unclear why they were calling. And that was when uh, Lauren first went outside to call and, and the call dropped. So even though the call dropped, the 911 computer had still logged the address. And so Officer Ilya started heading in that direction. And within a few minutes, the dispatch reached out again and said the caller phoned back and explained that she and her housemates were under attack by an unidentified intruder and there was blood present throughout. So Officer Elliot arrived really quickly at the scene. As she approached, she noticed Lauren was signaling signaling to another police car arriving. 
and they they decided to wait for backup because they didn't know where the intruder was. So they didn't want to enter the house with just one officer while the other one stood outside with Lauren in case the intruder was inside uh, or in case the intruder was outside, they didn't want to leave Lauren alone. So they were waiting for backup. And once backup arrived, they entered the house through the garage door, which led them into the kitchen, all of the police officers with their firearms drawn. And that is where we left off. So we will pick up there and get into part two. Part du. That's French. We. Oui. You don't know French. <laughs> I know those two words. <laughs> Good job. Proud of myself. Mm-hmm. Almost immediately, Officer Elliot Ilya noticed a collection of black plastic zip ties that were bunched together with um, a rubber band beneath that kitchen window. Um, and that was the kind of first significant clue that they found. It seems kind of sketchy. Yeah, it is. So the zip ties, um, they also were not like regular. You know, I have zip ties that I use to like attach Christmas lights to the No, fence. they were like the heavy duty zip yes. ties you do. Like- yes. Yeah. yeah, that people use that they use kidnapping like handcuffs exactly. Yeah. So the officers, you know, they took note of that, and then they started to make their way upstairs. And what they found in the upstairs bedroom was shocking. Don't miss what happens next in today's episode. We'll be right back after a short message from our sponsors. Spring is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot code SUPER24. Detective Todd Schulman, who ultimately became the lead detective on the case, said, I was struck by the violence of it. It was evident from all the blood and the way that the victims were positioned and the injuries that it was a very, very violent act that occurred there. And unfortunately, at this point, uh, both Adrian and Leslie were dead. Of course, the question that all the police officers were immediately thinking were, who and why had someone done this and could it have something to do with Halloween because it's Halloween night and it was a quiet night. Um, Well, not that quiet. Well, not that quiet now. So, but, but they couldn't answer any of these questions until they got forensics in there to process the crime scene. And so the police forensic specialist for Napa got to work immediately right away. So she began taking photographs and documenting everything the zip ties that were found under the kitchen window, which Lauren told, uh, said to the police it didn't belong to any of them. Um, there were bloody footprints on the stairs. The first floor window in the kitchen had those wooden blinds that were broken. And she found, the uh, forensic specialist found blood droplets on those blinds. There was a blood trail leading from Leslie's bedroom to Adrian's bedroom. She took pictures of the positions of Leslie and Adrian and the blood stains and spatter. 
And she also found several cigarette butts outside near the garage under the motion activated light. And this was, the police were hoping, a very important piece of evidence because none of the roommates smoked. Oh, yeah. DNA from their mouth smoking, waiting for everybody to go to bed. Killer. Yes. So they, they because none of the roommates smoked, they um, suspected that this was the intruder who had clearly been kind of lurking outside and waiting for his moment or her moment to enter the house and smoking cigarettes, which seems like a brazen thing to do. You're like going to hang out and smoke cigarettes? Yeah, like, it's like it smells. It, it smell- like yeah, blows. Exactly. Yeah. So, but. It relieves tension. But it also causes tension. So. That's true. So um, as the forensic specialist was processing the scene, Detective Schulman made sure that nothing, no stone was left unturned in terms of the initial hours of the investigation. So very quickly, they got tracking dogs, bloodhounds, um, were set loose to try and catch some type of scent of somebody who, you know, that wasn't one of the girls that had left the house. Um, and they did pick up ascent but it led them to highway 29 which was a few blocks away and being that the house was so close to the highway and that that's where you know this he could this person's anywhere now the intruder could be anywhere now yeah it's on the highway yeah um so the entire block of dorset street was about 30 homes and they sucked you know no nobody in nobody blocked it off yeah no one enters no one leaves yep and then they did a thorough search of the street, house to house, door to door, you know, um, and then started to also gather information about each of the neighbors to try and determine if anyone had a prior criminal record. Um, they examined every single car parked on the street. Um, but even even then, by morning, after they had talked to almost all the neighbors, there was not a single witness. Nobody saw anything. Nobody heard anything which made it a bit more difficult for the uh, investigators to put kind of put together a timeline, you know, right, exactly. They were trying to piece together the events of the night. And so they started by looking at what they knew from the crime scene. Nothing was missing from the home. So they could rule out a robbery gone wrong. The level of overkill like the extreme violence and multiple, multiple, multiple stab wounds um, led the detectives to believe that this killer had a personal vendetta. Stabbing, they knew them. Crime of passion. Crime of passion or a, it's personal. You're stabbing yeah, somebody is generally like killer. a very, very personal and especially that many stabs. It wasn't like just I'm killing you just to kill you. And because the killer seemed to kind of know where he was and who he was going after, that also supported their idea that this wasn't a random attack. Yeah, it's like it's not confused. Like he wasn't, he wasn't fumbling like, around. Right, you know? exactly, exactly. Like he knew where to stand, uh, I guess, by the garage where nobody would necessarily see him, but he set the motion detector light off. Or her. I keep saying he, but that we don't know that. Most stabbings of like two women or more is done by a male. You know what I mean? Well, they... they that was what their initial thought was, but they didn't know that. They couldn't prove that They're yet. Profiling. But based on the and based on the um location of the bodies and the blood, it seemed like Leslie had been attacked in her sleep and Adrian had heard the attack, but then got attacked before she could escape. So Leslie was attacked and I'm guessing tried to 
Then the killer went into Adrian's room. Leslie tried to get over to Adrian's room and died. The police suspected that the killer, based on the zip ties, had originally planned to just bind the women, um, but for whatever reason, ended up killing them quickly and then leaving. Didn't go as planned. Didn't go as planned. So beyond that, all they really had was uh, the DNA that they were hoping to get from the droplets of blood on the blinds. And the cigarettes. And the cigarette butts. And so they were, you know, aside from try- hoping that they could match the DNA to whoever this was, like that it would lead them to this intruder killer, they also wanted to see if the blood on the blinds matched the DNA on the cigarette butts. So is it the same person that was smoking outside? Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. So the, the initial hours of the investigation were marked with considerable confusion, especially since Leslie, unlike Adrian, was not a local resident. News of the murders quickly spread throughout the community, and soon everyone knew, everyone who knew Adrian, including her mother and sister, who were in Australia at the time, um, received the upsetting news. But it differ; it was a different situation for Leslie's family and friends. They received information kind of in piecemeal because they weren't local; no one knew them, and and it was. That was kind of not, it was a priority to find them, but like, where do you start? They didn't really know anything about Leslie. So. She doesn't have like contacts on her phone or anything? Cell phone, I mean, it was 2004 and cell phones weren't, weren't really that much of a thing. They may have been able to get some information from her cell phone, but you know, it was, it, it wasn't like today where you could just find everything you need to know about Well, somebody. yeah, but I mean, like, I guess there's still like a key code. Generally for cell phones, but I can't remember. I don't know. 2004, that's before the iPhone came out. That's like, I feel like um, Motorola Razors and Nokias. Yeah, but I mean, I don't think there's like a passcode on No, it. I don't think so. so. But it's like, is it mom, dad in there? Like maybe. I have mom and dad in my phone. Like I don't put like their name. Right. But if she did, it's like, I mean, same last name possibly. I, I don't I don't actually know why it why it was so difficult, but I know that it was difficult. It wasn't as easy. Adrian's family lived there. Yeah, but what's the timeline? We're talking about like a couple days, right? Yeah, a couple days. So it's like they're trying to... But like your your child has been murdered. You know, you want to know immediately. Well, I mean, yes, you'd like to know, but if I was like on vacation in Australia, I'd like to be here and afterwards, you know? No, it's not going to change would. anything. Oh my God, that's terrible. I'm going to fly Actually, back and join the investigation. Remember, you know? remember that what you just said, because that's going to come up. Um, there's a similar situation to that. I don't want to tell you yet. It comes up soon though. So just wait. So because Leslie was from Anderson, South Carolina, they were unsure of where her closest family members were. And it was further complicated here we go. Further complicated by the fact that Leslie's mother, Kathy Harrington, and her older brothers, Paul and Andy Clem, all had different last names from Leslie. Yeah, that makes sense. That's what I'm saying. Like, that makes right. perfect sense. It's like, yeah. but you well, know, I, just, last- I wanted you to speculate a little bit before I told you. I did, and I obviously figured it out. Like, they have different <laughs> last names. Like, pretty hard to find you, you know? Um. Anyways, they they all lived in different parts of the country. It's not like... Uh, her brothers and mom were all still in Anderson, South Carolina. And again, they all had different last names. So this is clearly makes it a little bit more difficult than Adrian, whose family is local, even though her mother and sister were, were in Australia. Well, it's like this. If you had no link in Tucson, Arizona, and your last name was Hernandez, 
be pretty hard to There's find. There's 200,000 people with that last name in the right, city. Exactly. You know what I mean? That's true. That's true. So they initiated a wide-reaching inquiry across the U.S. and they eventually, again, I couldn't totally find out how, but eventually connected with the correct people who were in Leslie's hometown and family. This is what Leslie's brother said, quote, when I heard that Leslie had been murdered, I thought maybe it was a drive-by shooting or something. But the more we became aware of it, the harder it was to take. The idea that someone had broken into the house and done this in the middle of the night, the first thought in my mind was serial killer. It was Halloween, Halloween night. So I just immediately thought serial killer. And Paul called his brother Andy, who was at the airport, literally moments from stepping on a plane to go on his honeymoon in Spain. That's crazy. A, that's a hard situation. You're, well, I mean, you're going to get, they're going to get a hold of you either way. Yes. Like, obviously, you're not going to, like, go. You're like, you're going to not go on, you wouldn't go on your honeymoon to Spain if you were, you're, if my sister he was literally was killed, walking in, he's like walking on the plane. I don't have a sister, but I do have brothers. And, like, if I was stepping on, getting onto a plane mm-hmm. and someone told me that my brother mm-hmm. had been killed, murdered mm-hmm. in a terrible situation, mm hmm. Yeah, I'm not going because also you want to be there gonna, for your family. Yeah, you're going to do that for your family, of course, but you're not going to enjoy it. Yeah, it's terrible. Okay, well, um, like you pull it back, you go there, and obviously you'd be there for your family, everything. Uh huh. Well, Leslie's brother Andy did not agree with you, and he oh, said yeah. he immediately thought his sister had been killed by some deranged serial killer, similar to his or brother drive by Paul. No, that was Paul who said that. She had two brothers, Paul and Andy. So Paul said the first quote, and then Andy's the one who's getting on the plane. And when he found out that Leslie had been killed, he thought serial killer. And he also thought this timing is horrible. Should I get on the plane or should I not and head to Napa? In the end, he decided to go ahead and get on the plane and go on his honeymoon. Did he tell his wife about this? I would imagine. I mean... I would think so. Do you have an opinion about that? She's I mean, like, I don't know. That I mean, you like, know, that wasn't really well documented. It's kind of a weird situation. You're like, oh, you're you're marrying me. We're a family now. Yeah, and your and, sister was just murdered, but let's go to Spain. Yeah, let's go to the water park and have some fun. Yeah, you know? I, I agree. I, it's a it's a weird choice because you can rebook. I mean, yeah, you maybe well, lose out on money. That, trust me. Oh yeah, there are death um death certificate. Yeah, like when we booked our trip, the direct person. But I'm pretty sure if you set it up the chain, you're all, my family member was murdered in a grisly way. I need to... I need time. Yeah, I need to reschedule this. Yeah, I'm sure that you could at least get partial refunds. And also, your sister's dead. Like, let's look at what's important here. Yeah, I mean, I'd hassle them afterwards. Sure, I, you know. sure. But in that moment, like, no, I'm not getting on the plane. Yeah, the realistic fact is Jenna was murdered, head, yeah. and, I, and you and me are going to Spain, there would be no honeymoon because we're never getting it's married. It's like bunny and all that shit, but Of course, I would, I would immediately turn around yeah. and head back to wherever my family was. I'd be all, you go deal with that. I'm going to Spain. <laughs> I'll send yeah, you. Right. I'll send you really shitty pictures on my <laughs> Motorola Razor. Anyways, let's let's stay focused because we're talking about murders here, and it's disrespectful to be like. Well, we're discussing the phones that were used during the murders, right? Okay. So even though news of Leslie's passing was rapidly circulating in South Carolina, Leslie's own mother was completely unaware. Now, I'm not sure if this was before the brothers found out. It was all the timing is difficult, so just go with it but at this point her mom doesn't know kathy harrington um she was a recently ordained unitarian minister 
because remember when Leslie moved to Napa, it was because her mom was near, was in Berkeley going to religious school to get her. What's a Unitarian? Unitarian. It's, it's actually what my mom said. If we ever like, if she ever took us to church, it would be Unitarian because it's kind of the most all encompassing, um, it's like you're Jew, you're Christian, you know, it's, Catholic. It, doesn't matter. It's just going I mean, to don't church. Don't quote me on that, but I, but I do know that Merle said, um, my mom said that, uh, you know, if because my dad's Catholic, my mom was Jewish, so it was kind of like my mom was like, well, if we're gonna if if we're gonna go to church, it's gonna be a Unitarian church. But then she decided, nah, I'm just gonna take him to temple. So uh, my dad is not religious, so it was fine. Um, Did your dad ever go to temple? Um, maybe a hand, maybe like once or twice. Like one, like a yeah. couple times and not get yelled at. Like I did it and it's fine. My mom would never yell at him for that. She would not care. She like, he just went to check it my out. Mom, my mom took us because she wanted us to have some, um, semblance of, she wanted us to believe in something. It didn't have to be Judaism. It didn't have to be it, for my dad. It, he didn't give a shit about Catholicism. Uh, so she just wanted us to believe in something and she was raised Jewish. So that was natural for her. Um, again, we're gonna get so many comments about how off track we got on this episode. All right. Well, let's get back on track. Okay. So Leslie's own mother remained completely aware. She was recently ordained as a Unitarian minister and she was living in Ludington, Michigan, which is like a, a cute tourist town on the shores of Lake Michigan. And around 8 p.m. that night as she was leaving work as a minister, um, she got a phone call from a friend that said, have you spoken to Leslie? Um, and her mom was like, no. And she was like, well, I'm hearing some weird rumors about a murder. And Kathy got really angry at this woman and was like, why, why would you think it's like my daughter, Leslie? Like, why are you calling me and upsetting me about something that you don't even know if it's her? She was pissed. Um, but then... Uh, Kathy went home and put on the news and she saw something about it. And on the news, it said the house where the murders occurred were on Dorset street in Napa. Uh Oh yeah. And so Kathy immediately felt like sick to her stomach. She was like, okay, this, that's, that's not a coincidence. Uh, so she called the Napa police department and said, quote, my name is Kathy Harrington and my daughter lives in Napa and I'm trying to find out if she's okay. Um, because on the news, it said that there was one survivor. Oh. Mm -hmm. I don't think they were giving out the names on the news yet. Well, yeah, no shit. So the dispatcher said, what's your daughter's name? She said, Leslie Mazzara. And the dispatcher said, we've been waiting for you to call. Give me your number and I'll have a detective call you right back. Um, Kathy did and she waited an hour and no call back. So she called again and a detective answered the phone and said, ma'am, your daughter was killed along with another young lady in the house. I'm very sorry. Damn. Yeah. So as Leslie and Adrian's families learned the terrible news and began to make arrangements, police continued along with the investigation, but they were facing a huge challenge. They had no weapon, no motive, and only an ear witness, which I thought was an interesting term because not an eyewitness. You know, Lauren Someone didn't heard see it. Yeah, right. she, heard she heard something. She saw a shape, but nothing more. But did they... What? The murder weapon? There wasn't a murder weapon there. I know, but was it like a bludgeoning, like a stabbing? Like it was a stabbing. I thought oh, we said okay. that on the last episode. 
Uh, well, in case we didn't, it was a stabbing. Okay, well, cut this out if I sound like an idiot. <laughs> no, I mean, we recorded several days ago. It's okay. Anyways, so so there was no weapon. No. Oh, mo- yeah, that's right. The gurgling, the stuff. You'll cut all this out. Cut it, cut it, cut it. All right, move on. So they had no weapon, no motive, and only an ear witness who saw a shape, but nothing more. Everyone was assuming the intruder was male, but they did, They couldn't even prove that yet. Like, they didn't know. They had nothing. I know, but it's always a dude. Not always. I mean... I mean, very... Like, I know you have stories of heard them, like, you know... Women Three kill. women in the house, stabbing, whatnot. It's probably yes. a dude. It, well, they're assuming it you is. You can narrow it down. Okay. Initially, the police didn't want to release too much information to the public. They chose not to release information about the cigarette butts um, because it was they were a very specific kind of cigarette butt. So they wanted to, they were hoping this would give them like an advantage when they started to find suspects to question. If somebody, you know, smoked that type of cigarette butt. Yeah, they show up for like an interview where they're like talking to them and they're like, can I have a cigarette? And right. it's like, oh, you're Exa- Chesterfields, exactly. right. we got right. you. Exactly. I'm not explaining that well, but you understand why they they weren't publicizing the type of cigarettes or the fact that they found cigarette butts at all. No, it's important. Um, and, but by not releasing, but, but <laughs> by not releasing a lot of details, that meant that rumors started flying like crazy. You know, if there's not enough information, people are just going to start um, inferring and assuming and just kind of letting their um, minds run wild. Speculation was running wild. So some were wondering if Leslie being employed at Francis Ford Coppola's winery had any relevance to the murders. Um, they were there was a lot of rumors going around that given like, the Italian American uh, last names of the women, they got whacked. That, that theories veered towards the involvement of the mob. There were a lot of suspicions, and I didn't even think about this until I came across it. There were a lot of suspicions about why was Lauren unharmed while the others were injured so badly. Um, they were also questioning the women's sexual lives, like were they sleeping with each other screwing around if they weren't whatever. who were they sleeping with maybe they you maybe know possible love triangle through all three exactly and Lauren got crazy and killed it, them both that's right that that was a rumor going around and some of this i mean it seemed far-fetched but at this point there was very little evidence so they the you know there was no there were no suspects at this point they had nothing it's kind of going sideways right so pe- <laughs> that was clever sideways like the uh, so the next, that was good. The next step for authorities was to question any and every person that knew the girls because they didn't know where to start. So it was like, let's just start Line with them up. the people who were closest to them and then work our way out. I guarantee it gets to the bros they were screwing around with. Well, of like, course. And it's like first suspect, second suspect, always is. Current suspect. and past boyfriends were the first people that they went to. That is always, if uh, like me and Jen always say, we've learned Time and time again, and most people I think know this, that if there's a murder, you look to the husband or the wife, you look to the spouse and or significant other, always first. One angle that the police officers toyed with was that the intruder was someone who had developed like an unhealthy obsession with Leslie because she was the first victim. So they assumed like she was the target and then Adrian just kind of like got in the way and they wanted to eliminate that. Um, no, that makes sense because like that's the initial target. And then 
the other person, it's like a fallout. Killing. Right. It's like, oh, oh sorry, exactly. you got in the way. Now Opportunity. And that's maybe why Lauren didn't get killed because. She was downstairs. Yeah. And Adrian was upstairs. Whoever did this alleged crime. Uh-huh. You're making a really lot of air quotes there. Well, you can't, no one can see those. I know. <laughs> Is that, that, that's why they dove out the window. They're like, oh shit, there's another person there. Who knows? Like, oh, I've okay. already killed two. I need to get out of here. That's interesting I only idea. meant to kill one. Okay, so that is an idea that they were, I don't know if police took it quite down that far, but they were thinking that Leslie was the target, Adrian was just like a crime of opportunity, and they also thought that that maybe somebody was obsessed with Leslie, because remember, she was like a beauty queen, and she had like a very captivating kind of presence, she drew a lot of attention. Also, it wasn't a crime of opportunity, it would be a crime of necessity, you know what I mean? That's true yeah, cover okay. up your crime you're like oh you walked yeah. in guess what you're getting shot too or stabbed or stabbed. whatnot yeah that's true okay so police because going with this theory police uh do- dove into leslie's phone records examining the calls that she received on the night of her murder particularly those from her ex-boyfriend's father they these calls raised like suspicion among the investigators because they were like why is her ex-boyfriend's dad calling her right that's yep, weird that's a problem it's weird no even if she didn't get murdered it's weird Um, so they also conducted a thorough examination of her computer and, uh, found a recent email from her former boyfriend, which again raised more suspicion. Uh, he had proposed to her apparently earlier in the year and she had declined his offer and then moved across the country. So that's a motive for the ex-boyfriend. Oh, for sure. We need to talk to that guy immediately. Right. However, it turned out to be a dead end. Because the phone records and other witnesses would place the father and the ex-boyfriend in South Carolina the night of the murder. Well, cleared and good. Yep. So that one, that that theory was put to bed pretty quickly. You don't want to miss what happens next in today's murder story. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after a short message from our sponsors. we're going to move into theory number two. So even though police were leaning towards the idea that the killer was connected to Leslie and not Adrian, they obviously had to examine all possibilities, all possible angles. So the next person they wanted to talk to was any guesses? Lauren. No, we're going with the boyfriends. We already covered. Oh yeah. I forgot his name though. Christian Lee. Oh yeah. Christian Lee. Yeah. So they wanted to talk to Christian Lee because he, you know, was romantically involved with Adrian and lived very close by. So police went hard into talking to Christian at seven 30 in the morning on November 1st, the morning after the murders, they showed up at his front door and his mom answered the door and was surprised to see all these officers standing there and told them, Christian's upstairs sleeping. And so they said, great, thanks. He's exhausted from last night. (laughs) Maybe. And they immediately went up the stairs and into Christian's room where he had probably like the scariest wake up ever in his life. Yeah, like 12 officers. Nine officers were standing in his bedroom over his bed when they woke and woke him up. Well, my question is, did they have a warrant? And like my mom, it's like a very just person. If I was a murderer, she'd totally be like, get him. Take but him, yeah. She also wouldn't be like, no, you're not coming to my fucking house. You know what I mean? I'd be like, listen, you have no evidence whatsoever. You need to let me wake him up and bring him down. Yeah. I, I'm not quite being, sure why. Even if you're not guilty, you get startled like that. You're like, what the fuck? You know? Yeah. it seem, it seem Again, it does seem aggressive, but 
This is the way it They're played looking out. for a killer in a small town. That's right. So this is the way it played out. So they, they woke him up. They escorted him into the hallway. And they said, do you have any weapons or knives in your room? And he said, I have a knife. Do you want me to get it for you? <laughs> and the cop said, no, just show it where, show us where it is and we'll get it. He pointed to a corner of his room where there was a dusty old knife that he like basically forgot he had. He hadn't picked it up in so long. And um, he said to the police, what is this all about? And they said, do you have a friend named Adrian Insania? But they mispronounced her name. I thought that was interesting that I read that. Oh, really? Yeah, it's a hard name to pronounce. I think I said that in the beginning. Um, and Christian said, yes, I do. Why? Has something happened to her? And they said there was a burglary at her house and there are some injuries. We'd like you to come down to the station with us to answer some questions. So Christian agreed, got dressed and went down, which it's weird that they didn't tell. I mean, is there a reason to not say that she was murdered? I Speculation is that and it'll catch someone off guard, you know, they say injuries. Yeah, this is probably mm. those injuries because he's not 100% sure he killed them. Yeah, that's if right. If he was the killer. Yeah, that's right. And they mean, want oh, him to kind injury. of trip And him. he's like all guilty. Like, they want, And they want him to trip himself up. Okay, yeah, yeah that's exactly. right. He's okay. like, were they able, are they able to talk or speak about anything? Yeah. Do they know anything about the intruder? Well, that wouldn't trip him. That wouldn't trip him up. Those are normal questions to ask. No, no, but that's what I'm trying to say. It's like if he thinks like that makes you nervous. Yeah, for sure. Oh, you're saying that's in his head. Gotcha. Yeah. If he was supposedly the person. Right. We don't know yet. So Christian agreed and got dressed and rode in the police car with the officers to the station. And Christian, what Christian didn't know or realize, and I don't know how this is possible, but it happened that as soon as Christian got in the police car and started and went, was on his way to the station, the, uh, the remaining police conducted an, extensive search of his room they tore apart his bedding his closet they even dug up areas in the backyard so they must have had a warrant is what i'm assuming well if they they must have had a warrant because like if not it's all inadmissible right that's right they were thinking he was the guy yeah they definitely thought he was but these are all questions but also also like you don't know like he they could have asked him hey do you mind if we look around they could have said yeah, it like true. that. And he's like, yeah, go ahead. Or after he's left, left, it's his mother's house. It's her place. And they asked so her. If they're and else, she said can it. we look around? Can we search around? That's for true. And if she says yes, then they can, they can just Do whatever deconstruct your house. Yeah. You know what I mean? Okay. So maybe it was either of those. That's, That's why no matter what, even if you're not guilty of anything, you say, fuck no. I want a lawyer. Yeah. You just say lawyer. That's all you need to say ever. Is that not me and Jen have said that multiple times? Yeah, you're all lawyer. Ever ever in a situation, it's just lawyer, nothing else. Just lawyer. Okay, so there are two possibilities. That's a good point. That maybe Christian, maybe they asked Christian or his mom, and one of them gave them permission. Otherwise, they must have had a warrant. We don't know, but that's something for the lookup list. So down at the uh, station, they put Christian in a room. For about 15 minutes, he was answering questions. He was explaining to police that the last he heard from Adrian was the text message she sent uh, where she said on Halloween, where she said that she wished every day could be like the one they just had. Uh, And after that, he fell asleep and then the cops woke him up. Now, I have a question about this because remember Adrian went to his house that evening? Yeah. Of Halloween and they argued apparently about the guy, about some guy that she had met at the twenty thirty club or whatever, and so 
Oh, yeah, because he wasn't ready to commit or something. Right. right? And so she was like, I'll, I'll find somebody else to commit if you don't want to. Again, this is all the things I've read online. So this and and in a, I actually bought a book about Ooh. this. So, but what's weird to me is that she sent him a text. Apparently, they had spent Halloween day together and had a nice day. And so she sent him a text in the evening saying she wishes every day could be like that. But they had just had an argument. So, I mean, now that maybe I'm Maybe ta- they resolved their argument. Yeah, now that I'm talking out loud. Or maybe she got home and she was like feeling like Or sad. maybe she had, I accidentally texted the other dude and they had also had a day together. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I don't know. I'm really reaching here. <laughs> That's a reach. Um, anyways, so... Uh, Christian continued to answer questions and the police were really not telling him anything. So he was getting more and more frustrated because he really had no idea what was going on. He that's, didn't know. That's an interrogation. They're like, let me fuck with you. I'd be like, I, that's why I'd be, I'd be lawyer. No lawyer. I would say I want a lawyer. And also what the fuck happened and why are you questioning okay, me? Okay. Well, finally he was so frustrated. He said, what is going on? Is she hurt? Did someone rape her? You said there were injuries, but what kind of injuries? Can I talk to her? Can I see her? And there was a female cop in the room and she said nothing and she got up and left. And so it was just him alone. And then two minutes later, two officers entered the room and one of them said, Adrian is dead. She was killed last night. Just blurted it out. He immediately began crying and once he calmed down, police told him that they actually believed his story, but they still wanted to take his blood for DNA comparison. Christian understood that, and he agreed because he was like, that's fine. If you need to confirm that it wasn't me, take my blood. If I wasn't guilty, I'd say fuck no, because then it's in the system forever. That would be super foolish. I'll be able to fucking prove it, motherfuckers. Well... I'm just kidding. Of course, I give my blood. I'm okay, like, get me God, out of this I situation. Like, I, don't have really ever, I don't know how to respond to this. Um, so they, they also then they started asking Christian questions about like, do you know of anybody who maybe has ill will towards Adrian or Leslie? And he could only come up with two people, but both seemed like pretty implausible, like not likely. Uh, one of them was an ex girlfriend of his. And he, he said, I don't actually think she's capable of, of conflicting this kind of harm on anyone, but she did have a lot of animosity towards Adrian. And the second person that Christian could come up with was the man that Adrian had mentioned meeting at the, the weekend before at the 2030 club, whatever. But Christian didn't really know anything about it. So after about three hours, cops released him um, and let, let him go home and, you know, deal with the fact that his girlfriend was dead. Um, and so he was devastated, obviously. And the next day he decided to drive by Adrian's house just to see what was going on. You know, he wanted to see like cops still there. I I don't know exactly. Um, and it was then that he thought, even though police let him go, he looked behind him and he saw a car that was kind of seemed to always be behind him. And he was like, well, they let me go, but But they're following me. I still be being followed. And he said, quote, by the time I hit the end of the street and made my turn, I noticed there was a cop car behind me. And then I went farther down and I switched lanes and he kept staying behind me. And then I went over the overpass and suddenly he wasn't there. And then the next thing I knew, there was another truck behind me that was following me whenever I switched lanes. I can't say for sure that I was being followed, but it really feels like I was for a while. 
And that makes sense to me because they may, maybe they do believe him and let him go. But until they get that DNA. Well, yeah, they want to check and see what he's doing. Right. And also they like, switch a cop car to a truck. You know, we know the old moves. Right. Um, so they were waiting on the DNA. Uh, and the only other person that at this point that they could kind of before they start going through the inner circle and then moving outwards um, was a handyman. They found out that a handyman had been at the house earlier that afternoon. Um, they thought, you know, maybe he liked what he killer. saw. And then he came back later that night because he had been in the house. He knew his way around now. But he had an alibi. So that was quickly dismissed. That was kind of a letdown. I know. <laughs> Anticlimactic. I was all, whoa, he's about to get down. <laughs> so on Tuesday, November 2nd, uh, autopsies of Adrian and Leslie were completed and their identities were officially released to the public. Both girls died from multiple stab wounds. Uh, Leslie had died a lot more quickly um, than Adrian, uh, though she did not have many stab wounds, but he, the intruder, he or she got her in the throat, in the heart, stabbed her right in the heart. Ooh. And she, so she had no chance. She died pretty quickly. Um, Adrian, on the other hand, had cuts and wounds all over her upper body, her arms, her hands, even between her fingers. Defensive wounds. Yeah, she fought back really hard, um, really hard. So the, the, the news of these double murders spread through Napa, beyond Napa, and the media obviously is going crazy over this. Um, and their families were pretty, both Leslie and Adrian's families were pretty upset because they felt like they were just... Honestly, I read this and I was like, well, this is kind of what we're doing. Like they were just making, it was just a story. Like they called Leslie the beauty queen and Adrian was the local girl. Or in some news stories, they called Leslie the beauty queen and Adrian the other roommate. Just kind of dismissive, simplistic portrayals of these people who were like very well loved and well liked and successful and wonderful, you know, full, complete human beings were just diminished to beauty queen and roommate, which... I don't think we're, I hope we're not doing that, but it does remind me of like, you know. Well, I mean, you described who they were, but you're talking about the story, so I don't think it is. Yeah. Hey, I want to know what's going on with Lauren. Like, okay. what about All that right. other roommate? Well, we're going to get there. So on Wednesday, November 3rd, police decided to release some additional information to the public. They released that the killer had left behind DNA, and they had gotten that DNA back, and it was definitely a man. I knew it. Mm-hmm. So now the DNA did not get any hits in CODIS, but it would be crucial to the investigation because from this point on, anyone who they even remotely suspected, they were going to ask for their DNA. Uh, one of the officers said, we only have one sample back from the lab, but as time goes on and we get more lab results, there could be more suspects. We just don't know. So back then with DNA, you know, now, I, and again, I'm speaking from memory about all the cases we've done, but I believe now the DNA testing is so advanced that like you send something off and you get, you can find out tons of information about this person from their DNA. Yeah. Approximate height, approximate hair weight, color. hair color, yeah. eye color, like really, really exact. Back then it definitely wasn't as no, advanced. It was male or female. It was pretty basic. Yeah. They found out that it was a male. They were going, they were waiting for more lab results because it would give slightly more information. Obviously not as much information as you're going to get today. Um, so police decided that they were, would attempt to collect DNA samples from all the men in both women's lives. Anybody they had dated, anyone who was close to the victim, 
friends, family, everyone. Detective Todd Schulman said, you always want to find out who they were dating or who did they just wind up breaking up with because a lot of crimes we deal with are crimes related to passion, you know, spurred lovers, things like that. We're always going to start at the very most interpersonal relationships we can. It's the closest people in their lives. Um, and when you're dealing with a young single girl, that could be someone they're dating, boyfriend, ex-boyfriend, etc. Investigators continued looking into love interests, present and past from all the girls' lives. Uh, and it didn't lead anywhere. They really... No leads. No leads at this point. So they decided to widen their investigation. And they're, again, looking at now moving on to um, work colleagues, uh, acquaintances, people, you know, pharmacists, like people that just have passed in life. They're now trying to go out. And then they also went as far as even to look into like, could it have been a satanic cult? Could it have been um, a stalker? Right. Somebody obsessed with Halloween. People that were in town visiting all right. the shit. Yeah. Right. Nothing. Still nothing. Okay, guys. That is the end of part two. And if you want to hear the conclusion of this, I know it's annoying, but you'll have to wait until next week for part three. Or check out our Patreon where I usually manage to post the entire episode early. Thank you guys so much for listening and send us your questions, comments, thoughts, you know, all the ways to contact us and please leave us a review on Apple. It really does help and happy Halloween. See you guys next week. Bye. Death by Southwest is hosted by Jenna Schneider and Margot Carmichael. Executive produced by Margot Carmichael. Produced by Jenna Schneider. Audio editing and sound design by Margot Carmichael. Music by Soundstripe. And a special thanks to Edward R. Murrow for letting us borrow his famous sign-off phrase, good night and good luck. Good night.